really good to see you all. It's, uh, it's really a blessing just being part of worship this morning uh, on the uh, every week. So the weeks that we are here, man, this worship is such a blessing to, to my soul. And I, I truly hope and believe it's the same for you as well. So if you don't know me, my name is Shannon. Make it short, so just call me by the first letter of my name. G. <laughs> I'll respond to that. Me and my wife have been part of Wild Life for a couple of years already. We are ownership here. We love this church as our family because this is what it is. It is our family. And today's word is really, really special to me, really close to my heart. And um, before I even start, I'm going to pray for us. Father, I thank you that we've got this incredible opportunity to just lavish ourselves on the Word of God. The God that is alive, the God that is full of grace, full of mercy, the God that loves us first, the God that cares for us, the God that is concerned of what's happening in my life. We can serve that God. We can serve Him freely. We can serve Him 100%. Father, we stand in awe of what you are doing for us because of your mercies and your goodness to us. I want to say, Jesus, you are victory song. Amen. My friends, I must tell you that if you read this heading, which we are going to preach about, I must tell you that that is really good news. If you are in a situation that requires that, because this says hope is coming. Gosh, don't worry, hope is coming. Don't worry, hope is coming. This is really, really good news, depending on your situation, when you read this, that hope has come. Friends, I want to start with this, that we serve the God of promise. The God of promise for us as a Savior, promise of salvation, and promise of eternal life. This is who he is. He's a God of promise. And the prophet Isaiah knew these things. He knew that we serve a God of promise. And he knew that when he was prophesying words to the nation of Israel, he knew that somehow and somewhere his promises of God will be established. And through his prophetic eye, he saw visions that God showed him. And he spoke hope to a nation that was without hope. And we're going to read one of these prophecies. And if you, if you do have your Bible, let's turn to Isaiah 11. And we're just going to first read the first verse. The first verse is this. We're going to read on the board as well. It shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And the branch from its roots shall bear fruit. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and the branch of his roots shall bear fruit. Friends, this is such a promising prophecy because at that stage that nation was needed of hope. They needed some hope to come. And Isaiah delivers this promising 
prophecy to a people that has been cut down and reduced to almost nothing. People without hope reduced to just a stump. Maybe similar in the first picture you've seen. But I wonder if you've ever felt that way before. You can think back in your life or maybe even today, this moment, two days before the new year arrives, you maybe find yourself without hope or reduced to almost nothing. It's a saying that goes like this when you encourage your neighbors. When you are down to nothing, friends, God is up to something. When you are down to nothing, God is up to something. And I can assure you of this. God is up to something in your life. God is up to something in your marriage. God is up to something in this church. And friends, God is up to something in this new year that's starting in two days' time. Even if you can't feel it. Or even if you can't see it, because all you see is a stump being cut down. God is up to something. And the promise of redemption is prophesied through the prophet Isaiah, listen to this, 700 years before Christ came. 700 years, Isaiah is speaking hope to a nation that is without hope. And just hearing this, you know, that there's absolutely nothing that will rush God. 700 years before they sing the song. And Isaiah is referring 700 years back to the birth of Christ that will come as a Savior for all humanity, not just for that nation of Israel, but for all humanity. And Isaiah is referring and speaking certain, a certain kind of hope. And something he gives this, this nation to hold on to, and he's giving us something to hold on to. And it's called the day of salvation. And this is the first point I want to make this evening. I don't know why my mouth is so dry. this kind of hope, a living hope, something that is alive, not something that's dead, but something that is alive. The author of Hebrews calls this hope, the anchor for my soul. Because we can celebrate today, because hope has come. Hope has come for you. Hope has come for you. Hope has come for every situation that we can find ourselves in. We have the hope which is an anchor for our souls for every situation, friends. And it's not that kind of hope that is, is, what is talking about. It's not that kind of hope that just floats on the surface. I remember a while back there was a movie once called Hope Floats. That's totally correct. Hope doesn't float. But what, is, um, what they are referring to is what we find here in Hebrews 6. Our hope is an anchor. It says in Hebrews 6, verse 19 to 20, it says, We have this. As a sure and steadfast anchor of our souls, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus Christ is a forerunner of our God. So beautifully, God is explaining what Jesus has done for us. This is where our hope lies. In Him and in Him alone, friends. Hope is not a floating on the surface kind of hope. That's not what Paul is referring to here. That's not what Isaiah is referring to. The hope that floats on the surface. But it is a godly hope that gets down to the bottom of our lives, 
down to every section or situation that we find ourselves in, and it enters us to the root, which is Christ, then it holds on tight. Doesn't matter what life brings, friends. Doesn't matter what life brings. Real hope, godly hope, enters the future. Isaiah 4 does not describe this hope as a just a kind of hope that or maybe I hope that my king will be talking. That's not the kind of hope we get from it. Oh, that will be nice. Oh, I really hope that my king will get my king. That will be nice, but that's not what Paul is speaking about. That's not what Isaiah is referring to. But they are describing a hope that never fails. And they are describing a hope that holds on tight in every situation. I want you to read with me John C. Blog. He was a missionary to Asia. He described hope in this way. We're going to read his quote. He says, The hope that God has provided for you is not merely a wish. Neither is it dependent on other people, possessions, or circumstances for its validity. Instead, biblical hope is an application of your faith that supplies a confident expectation in God's fulfillment of His promises. Coupled with faith and love, hope is part of an abiding characteristic in a believer's life. Man, is hope part of your life? Friends, is hope part of your life? And again, the same way John C. Blogger is explaining here. Romans 8, Paul says this about hope. Listen how beautiful this is. For in this hope, he's speaking about Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, the one Isaiah prophesied 700 years back. Paul is speaking about the same one. He says, For in this hope, we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And that's the part that most of us do not like. We wait for it with patience. Because patience requires reaction. Romans 8 says we wait for it with patience. And you might have received the promise of God. But you do not see him yet. You might have received the promise, but you do not maybe feel yet. But we wait for it with patience because that's what real hope does. While we wait, develops, it develops character inside of us while we wait. And while we wait, we exercise patience. And patience is such a needed ingredient in today's life. Read with me 2 Patience is so needed when we're in this season. Patience in our pending season. Friends, we wait and we hold on to our with patience in every season we go through. Because we do go through many of them. We do go through many seasons. And the seasons of our lives that is the most fun aren't necessarily the most fruitful. We agree with you. And the seasons of our life that really develop some character inside of us aren't necessarily the ones that is the most fun. That's also true. It's not fun being pruned and being developed. Both seasons are necessary for us. Because God does amazing things during our pending season. And during the season, we can feel maybe cut down. We can garnish was lying on the ground with maybe just a stump left. But that's where character is being developed inside of you. While we wait with patience. Friends, this is not a unique situation. 
individuals go through funeral services, marriages go through funeral services, churches go through funeral services. That's where God will get exposed to us. Most beautiful forms of even in our funeral service is a promise of God, a promise of new beginnings, and a promise of hope. Romans 5, verse 24 says this. But he rejoiced in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Character produces hope. Now you must say it's quite easy for me to stand up there and talk about this funeral service and character and being determined and all sorts of stuff. I would like to share a little bit of not just my story, but me and my wife's story with you. If you would like to hear it, So God took me and my wife to Israel through a season when He first of all gave us a promise, and yes, and it was great. We all love the promises of God, and He's given us this. So that was the first thing. The second thing is this, that in this promise, He will also develop some endurance and character in us in the season we are going through. And the third thing is this, throughout this process, real and godly, mercy will also be restoring us. And that surely doesn't mean we'll be smooth sailing. And on top of that, we've seen that there's nothing that will rush God. Nothing. Not even our impatient behavior will rush God. You know, before I get to our promise, that our, God's promises are optional. This means that we can either take it or leave it. The promises are, are always, are always attached to the process. And our promise was this. That God promised us we would have two children. This is God's promise to me and my wife, Sinclair. Through many prophetic words, through many and many prayers, it was so clear to me that God promised us we're going to have two children. And our timeline looked a little bit like this. In 2005, we got married. Obviously, then you don't want children straight away. Some might. <laughs> But after four years of marriage, I thought, well, we know each other quite well. Things are going smooth. We love life. Marriage is great. Let's have some children. And we started our planning. In 2009, nothing happened. And we thought maybe 2010 is our year. And we continued our planning. In 2010, nothing happened. We thought maybe 2011 was our year. 2011 came and went and nothing happened. We continued to believe the promises of God. When 2012, now we've been married for seven years, still holding on to this promise. And by this time, the majority of our friends have got children, and some of them are on their second child as well. And when they come to visit, they, they, the kids just jump on the furniture and pull my dog's tails. But I wanted them. And of course, we were happy when we heard again that another couple of which were friends with, uh, with are having another child. Of course, we were happy for them. But after seven, eight years of marriage, there was times when we, we really did some ugly driving. 
and we held on to this promise which God gave us. And around 2012, we moved into the villa and Chantal started to create, or she was really good at creating some space which was pleasing to us. She created a photo wall on one of the walls. She started with family. She put some brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers and grandpas and grandmas. The whole wall was full. She filmed with everything. And on one side of this wall, she put one picture, one solar picture. A random solar picture she got from Google. This is a baby, and we are believing God for this baby to come. And she put this picture on the wall. You're welcome to show that slide. That's what it looked like. With the promise of a baby, so you can constantly look at this thing. And I remember after again receiving the news of another close couple to us that is having a child. I remember me and Chantal standing in our dining room just looking at this picture. And reading that journal, reading that scripture probably 50 times, God was promised. We read the scripture and our faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We haven't seen a thing. Not, not even a glimpse of it. We've only got a picture from Google and we stand here and look at it. One day when God opened that body of Christ, it's lit up. Our promise was becoming a real testimonial. And at that stage, friends, God was already taking us on a journey and taking us through the process. Without us even knowing this, God was busy jacking up our faith through the scripture and reading some rhythm. And it's only 2013. By now, we've been married for our daughters. Actually, in 2013. And we once got invited to dinner with Ryan and Trina. They say they want to take us to this place in more memories when we get there. And uh, Sreen tells us when God has placed on her heart to give us a gift. And she pulls out this baby blanket and she gives us this gift of a baby blanket. And then it was really nice, but when we got home, I asked God, why would you let this woman give us a baby blanket? What's this for? There must be a reason behind this thing. And at that stage, it was a reminder of a promise. Which I completely missed at that stage. Chantal completely missed at that stage. That was a reminder of a promise. And God took me to the life of Abraham. Where God promised Abraham and Sarah some children. But they needed a reminder of the promise so that they didn't make sense. Does this look familiar? God took Abraham out of his tent. In Genesis 15, and he says to him, And he brought him outside and said, Look towards heaven. And number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall our seed be. And he believed the Lord and he counted to him as righteousness. It is that picture which Abraham saw that night restored hope for him. In the very same way, 
a picture of the baby blanket restored something in us of God's promise. Our process was well on its way without us even knowing this. This baby blanket that night was a reminder that hope is not regardless, that God is just holding us and He is uh, inspiring us. Let me remind you of the beginning of Isaiah's words. Truly, God, what am I doing wrong? 
God is taking us in a process. We thought that 2016, yes, this thing has been Let's try again, friends. This is God's promise to us. Let's try and speed it up a bit. Needless to say, the system of things will be found out. The things that felt like our hope of having a family is just disappearing in the dark. You ask me, God, why has that been such a struggle? Why do we have to go through such a hard season? And you've probably asked these questions before. Lord, why does it have to be such a hard season? Why does it have to be such a struggle? Friends, and I believe God said to me, if it wasn't hard, if, it, if there was no resistance, if we would trust in ourselves to get this thing done. Same for you. Whatever you are facing today, God wants to strengthen us in this process. God wants to develop some real hope in us. So we can trust Him for breakthrough and not trust in ourselves and in our own strength. Friends, because listen to this nothing, but nothing gets stronger without resistance. Not a muscle, but physics doesn't get stronger without resistance. Not a marriage, doesn't get stronger without resistance. The church does not get stronger without resistance. We do not get stronger without resistance. Friends, we see that we should faith and assurance of things hoped for that we look for and we don't yet see. That's what we have hope. We don't see and we have hope yet see. Friends, nothing causes us to grow in faith and in hope like the delays of God. We've been waiting. in our walk, in our process, in our season. And I believe you will face many disappointments in your life. Maybe facing disappointments today. But we came to this realization, friends, and, I, and this is my prayer that even if it's just one person that will come to this realization, and we are having a breakthrough today. Disappointment is not the enemy of our hope. Disappointment is not the one that crushes or destroys our hope. The disappointment is, in fact, the doorway to a deeper hope. That's what disappointment is. It's a doorway to a deeper hope, a hope that goes down to the roots of every situation you can find yourself in. And often, God will allow us to be cut down to just a stump. God has been coming to us. He has preparing us. Prophet Isaiah declared hope to a nation that was hopeful. Seven hundred years before hope will arrive, he declared this. Friends, today, me and you, here where we are standing and sitting today, we have what Isaiah was hoping for. 
that kind of hope, we have that hope because our Savior has come. This brings me to the final and last point that hope has come. Let's not take for granted because Jesus is available to you. Let's not take that for granted because He has come already. Paul says it's hard to hope the more you have because when you have it, you lose your ability to hope. That's what He says. Let's not take for granted. Let's continue to place our hope in Christ. For if God is up to something, then we are rooted and anchored in Him. God is up to something. You know, roots are part of the tree, can't you? But that's where everything happens. Down there, where the roots are, inside the ground, that's where everything happens. There's a promise of new beginnings when we stay rooted in Christ. We continue our story now, and then we'll off with this shortly. We continue to believe our promise that we will have two children because that's what God promised. And we decided to have a third medical procedure, a legacy. Maybe we thought, look, I'm lucky. But we also decided if this is this is the last time we will do this. And if Chantal does not get pregnant, we say, hey, we're going to try to love God through this one. We see where we're going to stand. And this procedure was supposed to happen on the 5th of September. But on the 31st of August, friends, I had a dream. I had a dream and before I tell you the dream, let me just give you a little bit of background. Chantal's got a younger sister, and her name is Giselle. And she's got two beautiful little girls. Beautiful little girls. And I must say, Giselle's had a fair share of issues in life. And on the 21st of August, my dream was all concerning her. And I had this disturbing dream about she's planning something with her children. Something that nobody knows about. And I woke up and I, I called my wife and I tell her this dream. And I say, you've got to phone your sister and see what's happening. See me looking up. She does that. And her sister tells her, all is okay. Don't worry about me. All is fine. Seven days later, Chantel gets a message from her sister. And she's only the message only says, sis, if you just turn off your laptop, turn off your laptop, turn off your laptop. Through that message, we know that Giselle is crying out for help. She tells her and her sister, and Giselle starts explaining. She says, she's talking to Chantal, she says, she's not pregnant. I hope they both not know. Supposed to help her, his name is Charlize. The very next name on the phone book is Chantal, and she phones me. Chantal speaks to her and convinces her do not abort this child. This child is a gift from God. And in the meantime, she's, Chantal speaks to me. We have a conversation, but I only realize now that God is already preparing us. Preparing our hearts a few years back for what is about to be your friends. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, I believe, to let Giselle know that and if you are willing to give this child up for adoption, we are willing to adopt this child. 
you say grace. It saves a life to say grace. And we all can do that because life is saved. Not long after that, on the 31st of August, Rizal visits the doctor. The doctor says to her, when he's in Philadelphia, and he says to her, you're not going to have one baby, you're going to have twins. Friends, I'm happy to announce that at the end of March 2018, I will be parents of two baby boys. been married for 12 years. At least God and work for 700 years. And we received our promise. Why am I telling you this story? Why am I telling you this beautiful story that is actually such a private thing just for me and my wife? Why am I telling you this? God is a God of promise. God delivers. God of our prescribing. Not in the way we always want Him to deliver, not in the way we expect Him to deliver, but in His marvelous, miraculous, and supernatural way. Friends, let's not miss this, this whole thing that's going on here, because there's a parallel with adoption. Adoption is such a beautiful picture of our gospel, such a beautiful picture of the gospel. And yes, it is our personal story of, of, of adoption on a horizontal level. But friends, Christ has come. Hope has come for me and for you, so we can be adopted on a vertical level as well. Before you and I were even born, God planned to adopt us. How beautiful is this? Before we were born, He planned to adopt us because He chose us, He pursued us, He redeemed us to be adopted unto Him. What a beautiful promise this is that we stand on. Johnny, you can come up. Because I'm not saying I can explain everything what's happening in the scripture, what I'm about to read, but man, this scripture gives me hope. This scripture brings a fire in my life that I just cannot hide. Listen to what this says. Philippians in Ephesians 1, verse 26. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Even as he chose us in him before the foundations of this world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption unto himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praises of his glorious grace. Isn't that beautiful? Friends, will you stand with me? You can close your eyes for a second while John is just going to pray for us again.